So this evening's gospel, uh, there are some, we had a, okay, we have a backstory. We had a professor in university uh, when I was in seminary, and um, he used to make us bring coloring pens to our Bible study, and we would have to color in similar words at the beginning or at the end of a gospel. Often the gospels are kind of framed with a similar kind of idea at the beginning and at the end, you know, uh, or opposite words. Uh, or similar verbs, whatever it may be. And so often, often you find these kind of things in, in, in Bible stories, Bible accounts. It's very interesting to kind of look at the kind of words that are used, you know, like there might be kind of fear and trepidation at the beginning and then at the end, fear and trepidation again, or whatever it may be. And so then you can kind of see how the author was uh, trying to encapsulate an idea. But anyway, uh, so sometimes I, I, I see uh, Gospels in those kind of terms. But if you look at how this one is presented to us uh, by uh, St. Luke, Rejoice so highly favoured, the Lord is with you. And she's deeply disturbed by these words. Mary, do not be afraid. You've won God's favour. Listen, you are to conceive and bear a son. So we have these, these words of rejoicing, followed very, very quickly by, by fear and uh, by this feeling of being disturbed. Uh, and I find this particularly apt to many situations that, that we may be going through where, you see, I, I think it's, it's so important that our faith is realistic and that our faith is, has everything to do with real life and has everything to do with, with, with today and everything to do with uh, our lived experience. Otherwise, the faith just becomes this kind of supernatural spiritual thing just way off there with nothing to do with the kind of problems that we go through on a daily basis. Whereas I think when you look at, when, with a little more depth in, into the Gospels, there is such... There's such reality and humanity and poverty and grace and where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And we see this kind of thing even in such an apparently happy gospel as this. This is the beginning of the Hail Mary. Uh, hail full of grace. And I'm not really sure why it's, it's translated hail full of grace when in every gospel version it seems to be rejoice, which I think is a whole lot better than hail. Hail is kind of neutral whereas rejoice so highly favored the lord is with you but then if, when we're as they realistic about this you've got this rejoicing despite uh uncertainty despite unknowing we could even say maybe despite the cross so you've got joy and and the cross you've got joy and this kind of being afraid and how if i conceive but i was supposed to be a virgin, how, how, is it, how is this going to happen? And how will, what will other people think? And she's not like, so concerned about her own reputation, but, but I want to do God's will, but th there will be consequences and maybe not so positive. Think of down the road, you know, the Lord says, come follow me. Had, I, had they any idea where that action, that, that decision to follow the Lord would take them? It took them to great sanctity, absolutely. It took them also through the cross. So there's always this, this, this wonderful um, and, and, and <laughs> difficult reality of, of our faith bringing us, if you will, through the cross to somewhere, to somewhere amazing. So somewhere, uh, one of our Christmas addicts here um, saw something quite interesting and uh, put outside the front of the house a large cross with a manger at the base of it. It's the same kind of idea. A child born, beautiful. But 
the reason for this birth is the cross. The reason for this is to bring that humanity to the cross for us. So there's, you know, there's, there's, there's something like kind of otherworldly, there's something profound about this, you know, and I, I, as I've said many times before, I like looking at these kind of mysteries from an adult's perspective, otherwise Christmas or, or any sacrament just get reduced to these kind of child-friendly, but not even child-friendly, just child-ish understandings, whereas our faith, is, it's, it's profound and it has everything to do with an adult understanding of what's going on here. So how, how can we rejoice despite everything not being perfect? How can we rejoice when there's such pain in the world? How can we rejoice when there's such suffering? How can we rejoice when there's depression and sadness and, 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 and abuse and hurt and all of these? How, 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 how do we do that? When we think of Jesus calming the storm, I think it's so poignant that Jesus seemed to be resting, seemed to be asleep. And the apostles come to him with a, an awful kind of a question. Do you not care? Do you not care that we are going down? Do you not care that we're going to sink? And the Lord wakes up and says, You men of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and there was complete calm. Jesus asleep, storm, fear trepidation imminent death to be honest you fall out of a boat in a storm that's that's it like and jesus wakes up a little rebuke that they didn't have sufficient faith and then he calms the storm now what, what do we learn in, in this kind of a thing we, we volumes as always uh but we'll take two little points if i remember the second um first jesus is god even of the storm Jesus is God, even in difficulty, even in adversity, even in sickness and death and illness. All, Jesus is still God. And his word still commands. And he still remains all-powerful, regardless of what's going on. And when he commands, what happens is, is stillness, is peace. So when we come to the Lord in any of our storms, messy though they may be, and maybe even impossible as they may seem, when the Lord commands, it is done. And it is still, and it is peace, and it is calm. And the second thing I think which is important is that here, the Lord is teaching them that there will be future storms. I'm teaching you to face the storms. I'm teaching you to go through the storms, not to have no storms in your life. I'm teaching you to go through adversity as opposed to either avoiding it or not having it. I'm teaching you to weather the storm. I'm teaching you to praise in the storm. This is, you see how, how, how this is linked to, to, to rejoicing despite fear, or despite things not being perfect, that we can still rejoice and we can still be happy even though th there's, there's, you know, so, as I say, so much difficulty and adversity and so much of the cross we can still authentically rejoice. Why? Because our joy isn't rooted in things being perfect. Our joy isn't rooted in having perfect health or success. Our joy isn't rooted in us being so virtuous. Our joy is rooted in the Lord. And when he commands, it is done. So that, this then is, should be a great cause for us to rejoice because it means that it doesn't depend on me. Everything isn't hanging on me. 
Everything isn't hanging on, on my surroundings being perfect as I would like them to be. My, my joy is rooted in the Lord. And so then, yes, I, I can praise him in the storm. And I can remain joyful even though I may be sick or grieving. So our, our joy then isn't, it's not fake and it's not because everything is perfect. It's because we know the Lord. When we wake the Lord up, I wonder if he really was asleep. It's kind of funny if he was acting to be asleep. It's a bit undivine, is it? Like Jesus playing peekaboo kind of with the apostles. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, how would you sleep in a storm? Maybe he must have been absolutely wrecked. I don't know. Uh, but they wake him up and when they do he acts and his action is decisive and it happens and then they have the opportunity to learn this lesson we're being taught how to go through storms not only that considering who you, who's sitting around you today and what we're learning to do here we're going to be sent into storms and he's teaching us <laughs> to go through those storms that we're being sent into. So if we're going to be sent into a storm, if we're going to be in any way, shape or form a good missionary, we've got to be joyful, we've got to rejoice, but that cannot come from our perfection or the perfection of the world around us, otherwise it'll never happen. So our joy, our, our authentic rejoicing comes from us being rooted in the Lord. So we pray today for that real joy, that authentic rejoicing that comes from our relationship with the Lord, that regardless of, of what is going on, that we might grip onto him and praise him in the storm. Amen.